Hello and welcome to the Irish Catholic Podcast with me, John Quinn. This week I met with Jasper Rutherford of Christ in Youth Ireland to speak about finding faith in Ireland, a research project looking at what young people think about the church in Ireland today. Here with Jasper, thank you very much for your time. Um, Jasper, if you could just give us a little bit of a background as to yourself, where you're coming from, please. Yeah, my name's Jasper, it's great to be here. Um, I have been involved with youth work for 20 years, um, so I'm coming at this uh, uh, with the attitude of a learner, trying to always learn from young people in terms of how we can reach them, how we can um, encourage them and give them confidence in their faith. Christ in Youth uh, Europe is a new organisation um, that we're starting here in the Republic of Ireland, uh, but also looking in wider Europe, how we can champion young people, invigorate young people in their faith, help them be a blessing to the church, across the church. Another thing that we do is really how do we engage young people with their mobile devices now, because um, they look at them all the time. Is there, is there clever, funny ways that we can actually engage them in their everyday experience? of God as well so we're looking at developing that too. But I suppose one of the key points of uh, even though Christ and Youth uh, Europe and and your base in Ireland might be relatively new one of the kind of flagship things that you did then was this uh, piece of research with Barna could you tell us a little bit about maybe why you undertook that and maybe the process behind it? Yeah um, the why is important the the why is that we really wanted to listen well um, we wanted to listen to leaders, uh, to practitioners here in Ireland who have been doing this work for years across the church. But also we wanted to listen to young people. I, I said I'm a youth worker, I have been a youth worker for 20 years. I think I know uh, what young people are like. But actually, if, if we're honest, we base lots of what we do in our own experiences as a young person. And things have shifted and things have moved on. So it's always... Um, it's reverse mentoring. It's it's always good to hear from young people that help shape what we do. So the research was a really important piece of work where we, like in 2017 in Ireland, what do young people really think about the church? <laughs> you know, we, we can have our own opinions about that, uh, but lots of them, they're based on our own experiences. So what do young people think about the church? What do they think about faith? What do they think about Jesus? What do they think about things that affect their faith? Um, all those key questions that we sometimes go on our own hunches about but to have it on black and white paper what an average young person in Ireland is saying about these kind of things that excites me because then it gives me opportunities even if even if they're sobering some of the findings but also in that it, it helps the wider church engage better with young people. The findings themselves, as you said, you know, you've used the word sobering and you know, I've, I've kind of poured through it and I think sometimes people might go, oh great, this is just another thing we can use to beat the church with. But I, what I've found actually in, in reading the research is that there's huge potential in there. There's, there's massive opportunities. And so, yes, it, it's important to kind of name the challenges and to see the challenges, but also to uncover the fact that there are actual massive opportunities in there. Was there anything in particular that stood out for you as being like the most eye opening or was there anything in there that you thought was like a really massive opportunity that we really need to take on? Yeah. So some people have, told, have used that word sobering. I haven't used that. I'm, I'm repeating other people, but I, I have found the findings uh, really exciting to be honest in terms of opportunity because the things we have down on paper we some people have voiced before but just to be confident in this is what young people are saying so things that have really encouraged me is 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 how the family is such an important part um, of our young people's faith journeys 
um, mothers, mums get highlighted so well um, in terms of them championing faith and and it's not that it's rocket science, it's simple things that we do know and we have seen in our own parishes, in our own churches, in our own organisations where the simple things work well but to actually hear that from young people as well has been really we need to champion mums in our yeah. in our churches. We need to champion uh, the youth workers and the teachers who actually play important roles in young people's faith outside the church as well as within the church. So those findings have been very encouraging where young people are saying, do you know what, it was my teacher in school who, who asked me some questions about my faith and encouraged me. And th- those people need encouraged and championed and then we need to recognise um, mums and dads and different people who we need to encourage that they have such an important role that has a lasting impact on young people's faith journeys um, if we actually support them with that. You know, the church would say for years that, that the family is the root of, you know, the first formators of the faith, especially in a Catholic sense. And that's all well and good in theory, but this is actually coming from the horse's mouth as a word that actually that is still vitally important. And I've spoken to many people who will get despondent because their children might have moved away from the faith, mm-hmm. but the parents are still kind of trying to truck on through. And what this is actually saying that I found, I agree with you, I think that was one of the things that really stood out to me is that if we actually believed the um, the media that you know parents don't have any influence whatsoever, that it's all just peer but this is actually vitally important how important the family is that really spoke to me and I think again that is a massive air of opportunity and rather than put that as a burden on people I think that's something that we need to do to support and help families in these instances and one of the the lines here on page 10 states that yet more than half of Christian youth do not know an adult who regularly talks with them about their faith that's the other stark reality so all the positive things that the young people who who are journeying in their faith say that you know, an adult role figure, we can call them a mentor, you can call them a spiritual guy, whatever whatever term, it could be just a, a friend who's older, whatever it is, um, those people who have them are so important, but yet half of those people who say they are connected to the church, they don't have anybody in their life like that. That's the flip side of the encouragement. Then it's like, oh my goodness, why are we not helping these people? So, so that that's the opportunity for me, though. So, what are we doing about mentoring? What are we doing about um, um, getting the family more involved with faith? These are simple things we can do, which we all know will have an impact. Then, so how is the church and the wider church, whatever uh, strand or nuance of church you come from, what are you doing to help um, our young people have? Um, um, people connect with their faith who are uh, older generation. That's just authentic kind of relationship. Again, it comes yeah. back and it seems very simple and rudimentary, but that kind of took my breath away when yeah. I when I saw it. But I realised that again, as stark as that is, it's such a beautiful opportunity because it doesn't take no. a theology degree. It doesn't no. take anything more than just engaging over a cup of tea and having a conversation and checking in, um, which I think is is remarkable. And another kind of point is here, 71% of young practicing Christians in Ireland want to find a way to follow Jesus that connects them with the world they live in. There is a desire there in young people. I think sometimes um, we can overlook that desire. We can think that it's not true, that it's not there, but there is a desire in young people. But what I find really interesting in that is that it's about connecting it to their real everyday world, that it can't be a theoretical thing anymore. It can't just be a a study of the catechism unless it really impacts their everyday world. Yeah, we ask lots of questions around 
you know, how does Jesus affect your life or how does, um, you know, following God, you know, affect your everyday decisions? We asked young people lots of questions around that and I was very encouraged by their response. Um, uh, they might not have got doctrine right and they might not have got um, theology correct in some of the things or what we think is the correct theology, but their heart was that they wanted to connect their everyday world with their faith. And that's really encouraging. And if we can see that young people, we can easily push them to the side and think, oh, their you know, faith is on the sidelines, they're not interested. But actually, even those young people who, who might have um, once been more connected to the church still had a desire to be better connected with Jesus in their everyday lives. That's always been a challenge to the church, uh, that, it's, uh, that, that faith is not done to them or onto them, but it actually becomes part of how they live their lives. You know, that encouraged me. It goes, well, there's some simple things we can do around that. You know, again, it's very heavily based on relationships and other people helping and encouraging with that. But simple things in terms of prayer and, and engaging with Bible and, and going with young people together to events or pilgrimages or groups together where it invigorates their faith. There's lots of simple things that, that actually young people are saying, this is what helped me and we can champion those things as well. Often, I think, in a Catholic setting, we concentrate just on transmitting mm-hmm. the faith you know, in this kind of um, abstract term rather than building a relationship. But this really states that actually what we're showing, you're kind of saying like that, again, it's quite alarming sometimes what people think of when it comes to doctrine and that kind of thing. But actually perhaps that's not as important at that stage of their life if they're able to engage in in a relationship and they have someone who's walking alongside them uh, and helping them to do it. And then um, it becomes like a fertile soil. And within that, you can then start to like worry about doctrine and and dogma and that kind of stuff. But there needs to be a desire in the first place um, where someone's open to relationship with God, but also a relationship with their parent or a friend who is walking with them that they know they can kind of grapple with these issues with. It's, it's connection rather than direction all the time. For young people who've had that connection with God and it's through other people, well then they're much more open to being involved in the things, the wider things of the church if we're just being directive to them um, there, and there's no connection there, well then that's where we see young people tap out of um, journeying in their faith because it doesn't feel relational, it doesn't feel uh, that it's a journey, it feels that it's all prescribed. One thing that could look like it's an issue or you know, one of the more sobering thoughts, but that I would see as being um, very exciting mm-hmm. an opportunity is one in four young people in Ireland is currently going through a crisis of faith. That could be seen as being, uh, you know, oh my God, you know, 25% of these people are really struggling but actually, that, I see that as being a really big opportunity to engage with these people and engage in like the conversations and the questions, which means they're actually grappling with it and they're not completely and utterly at a remove of it. Yeah, so we we think crisis of faith or questioning faith or those kind of things is always negative and it's not. I think what is important is that um, to recognise that it's good for young people to question things um, if that is done in a community where that's allowed to happen because if they're questioning their faith in a community of other people who have journeyed in faith they're mo- they're more they're much more likely to work it out in that community of faith if they're the 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 sort of worrying stat around that is if young people feel isolated in their faith and then they're having questions that they don't feel comfortable asking anybody about or journeying through again it comes back to those mentoring things where they don't have somebody in their life older if it's a parent or it's a priest or whoever it is where they can say Do you know just thinking about this and somebody encourages them and and, and helps them with that and and then that helps in their journey of, of of that 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 would worry me if if young people are isolated and they're 
having concerns and worries and they've nobody to talk to about that and then they do feel themselves you know that that it's that it's wrong to have these questions that it's um nobody gets for who I am and and then they do tap out of of trying to connect back in that that is an opportunity for me what we are finding is that though young people if they're isolated in their faith and they don't feel that they're comfortable to have those conversations well then 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 some of them do tap out of out of connecting further so whether or not we want them to have this crisis of faith i think what this shows is that it's happening yeah. and it's happening with the regularity of one in four <clears throat> at any given time like currently yeah. Yeah. you know at this yeah. moment in time if we accept that and just accept that as the truth that let's say you i mean some catholic parishes might only have four young people in their parish at any given moment um, and if you accept the fact that at least one of those might be going through their crisis of faith in that moment allowing them to feel safe and secure and asking those questions allowing them maybe to stuff that they learned maybe when they were doing their communion or the confirmation mm-hmm. to allow them to have not assimilated that or to allow them to still be grappling with that or to allow them to be questioning you know we're looking at all this eighth amendment stuff in ireland at the moment to allow them to be grappling with what that means and to give them a safe space to be able to explore it and to engage with it in a way that is safe and that they know that they won't be judged for having these yeah. thoughts or you know I'm pretty sure that you could look around any church and, and perhaps I'd say one in four take out the word young there you know yeah. one in four people yeah. might actually be going through yeah. that crisis of faith how do we support each other in that and how do we normalize that and allow them to do that I think it's a, it's a really key opportunity and a key moment to try to help people and say it's okay you know I've struggled with this stuff myself too and and let's just sit and have a conversation about it and if we don't come up with the answer at the end maybe that's not such a bad thing either but at least you've shared it and and you feel like we are a community together of doing it yeah very much and again that's where relationships are key in that it it takes it, it takes a priest or a parish worker or whoever in the church a parent to allow and give permission for young people to ask those questions in a safe place where they they feel supported in it, that they're not ridiculed or judged, um, but also that um, the things of our faith um, are championed in that along the way as well. But normally it is uh, it is the walking with, mm. it is the um, the arm around a young person, it is um, humour, it is food, it is actually saying, you know what, I I. I have struggled with that you know it's it's the relationship stuff it's the allowing uh, god to work in those moments of questioning if we if if we look at our our bible if we look at our faith if we look at the history of our tradition you know actually we've seen god move um in people and through people who have asked questions of him and then he has also revealed answers so it's also trusting that god um is doing something around this and stirring uh, hearts and, and and if we can not be afraid of some of those questions and allow and trust that God can meet our young people in those as well. Well, that's them encountering him and that is uh, the journey we want them to be on in terms of them growing in their relationship with him. So, um, yeah, it, it, is, it is an opportunity that we, we don't need to be afraid of. It's something that really concerned me, um, but again, doesn't seem to be a difficult thing to kind of fix or to address um, the young Irish view of Christianity puts more emphasis on rule following over a relationship with a loving and gracious God is one of the quotes from this. So are young people 
think that it's more about just doing what they need to do and following the rules rather than believing in in this kind of relationship that is a massive area of concern i think uh, but could be a massive explanation for why young people are turning away or not engaging with because it's a lot more difficult to get through this academic sense of what you're supposed to do versus actually someone cares for me and loves me and, and wants to be with me and perhaps that's that's as much in I think that's definitely in how the media portrays mm-hmm. the church at the moment but perhaps we're not doing ourselves any favours within the church either about you know what we posit as being the most important things yeah I think it's also a bit of this is the reverse mentoring stuff it's young people are calling out some of the stuff that we have done in the church for years in terms of we have and I'm talking about the wider church, Protestant and Catholic, uh, nuances of church, uh, traditional and new, um, we have called out and modelled a tick box faith. Uh, We might not say it like this, but if you do this, this and this and this, or if you uh, behave in this kind of way and do these kind of things, well then at the end of it, God loves me. Um, But you have to do all these other things first. And we've all modelled that in different ways and different extremes. But that is what we have portrayed lots so this idea uh, that we we follow God as an academic ad- endeavor, and um, and as much as we can cram in knowledge about God into our heads, um, somehow then um, we know who He is, and we can follow Him the right way because we know the stuff. Mm. Uh, you know that that's the kind of thing, and and so young people pick up on that. Um, I think that's not just young people. I think that's a general public. I think that's, you know, our faith is a tick box exercise. And God came to capture our hearts, not our mind. And whenever God captures our hearts, um, we follow him with a different agenda. That is tick box formula. And so um, I think when young people um, have an encounter of God, where they start to take their faith seriously because they've encountered something of the person of Jesus or they've encountered something of the Father or the Holy Spirit where where it's actually moved their hearts as a real encounter that, oh my goodness, God is real. And they don't know it all. And it's not that they've worked it all out in their minds because they've studied theology. No, they, they, they know he's real because he's revealed himself in a real way. Then that's a different kind of faith and it's a different kind of following. That's the reality of the landscape that we live in. So how how do again opportunity? How do we, how do we tell a different story of our faith can be engaging with our what young people are saying with their everyday life? That God can meet us when we're worried about our exams, what they're stressed out about. That I can pray to God about these things and He will meet me here. Uh, that how I give and spend my money. You know everyday things uh, because uh, this God person isn't. I don't have to do a number of things before he can hear my prayers but Mm. he can hear me now Mm -hmm. so that's a really key thing for young people that they can have that interaction with God that is real for them and that's that kind of comes back to that sense of making it practical and bringing it into their everyday lives and and connecting it to the world that they're living in that's they they desire that and actually we have a God who wants to do it but maybe in a way the church is kind of getting in the way sometimes and we're not we're not kind of putting two and two together um, and allowing people 
that sense of this is a long-term thing, this is a lifelong thing, and it, you don't just have to fall back on what you learned when you were in sixth class making your confirmation to sustain you when you are trying to discern about a job or a relationship or about marriage or, you know, I've got a seven-month-old at home and it's, you know, trying to discern what you're supposed to do at 4 a.m. when the child is, <laughs> is crying. You know, I can't just rely on what I learned when I was, you know, yeah. doing my confirmation. Um, but that God is still interested in that and, and still interested and, and wants to be part of it, um, which again brings us back to this magic word which seems to kind of keep funneling out of all this which is just relationship and and that's messy and that is um costly um it doesn't have to be expensive but it's it's costly it costs each one of us who are ministers and and if by virtue of our baptism we're all ministers to each other then um it it costs us and and we need to kind of engage with that but that's where the the rallying call really is rather than seeing all these things as negative things what is amazing is that there seem to be very simple not easy but very simple things to be able to do to to bring this to life and to kind of come against um some of the issues that are raised up one of the final things and it, and it feeds into what we were saying there is that it's a young generation that is anxious and searching that really comes out and yeah. academic and professional pressures weigh significantly on the minds yeah. of young irish people and what are we doing to help that or what was there anything that stood out to you when you kind of read that yeah, so the research is, it's mixed methods research, so we did a, a, a big bit of quantitative research, which is uh, surveying the general public through polling companies, so it's all represented with, you know, demographics of rural and city and uh, and ethnicity and all that kind of stuff. But then we also, we overlaid that with one-on-one interviews with young people, um, which got us the heart of, of the more detailed and, you know, survey questions, which are, um, which give you good uh, data, but actually, so we wanted to get some of the heart of the stuff from young people. So we we sat with over a hundred young people, one on one interviews, recorded all those, transcribed all those, analysed all those, and really in those interviews, the real depth of concern and stress. So if you see that, you know, oh, what stresses you out, and you tick a box, right? But actually, when you hear young people talking about the real like to the point where they're getting counselling and then they've got uh, mental health issues around the stress because the the uh, the pressure to succeed in school uh, to get to university to you know it wasn't just once you seen it on a on a tick box was was okay of course we sort of thought that's they're they're a bit worried about their exams but no no deeply stressed and deeply concerned uh, and that sort of raised alarm bells for us the depth of um the stress then it also raises alarm bells for me in terms of what do the what do we do in our churches around young people doing exams and um, jobs and how do we support them in that and how do we pray for them and and how do we ease some of the pressure and and then even in in some of middle class Protestant churches uh, or, or whatever um, they such an emphasis on education and succeeding and actually is the church even perpetuating some of this or do we have to take a look at ourselves in terms of what we do around that um, is every single person meant to get a degree and succeed you know all that it raises lots of things around what we are also putting on and how we can assess this whenever we've seen the level of concern that young people had and it also then led us to also investigate some mental health issues that kept coming up and it led us to then develop a next resource around mental health and suicide um, for young people because even in some of these interviews we were there was alarm bells going off around 
the degree of of uh, mental health concerns with some young people that you w- which you wouldn't have got in a survey, but hearing them talk about some things and the alarm bells ringing, and then doing some research ar- around mental health and suicide, then we've created a film. Um, as a resource to help churches talk about mental health as well out of the back of this so um i i, I think um it's it is an anxious age and the screen age is so important like whenever i grew up if you get if you get picked on in school or whatever you went home was a safe place but the last thing young people are looking at and the first thing they're looking at in the morning is their phones and, and anybody can say anything to them there so they've no escape and that is having a big effect on their mental health um, um, of course it can be very positive as well and that's great but if it's a negative thing uh, and this you know to be liked and to be successful even just in their relationships that uh, their friendships is based on somebody else thinking that their friendships is good you know what I mean so they have all this this pressure from from other people who aren't even their friends but yet give them self-worth somehow that all perpetuates negativity sometimes and so that it just exploded with that and it was a re- it's a real thing i think church needs to address and be part of um um the picture around talking about these things um getting on outside young people taking the pressure off a bit um, not treating, treating ourselves too seriously and uh, but yet the things of god seriously yes so i i do think um, and as a youth worker, I've seen this and worked with young people. It's it's not just it's just a phase thing. It really affects them, and they're growing up with these devices in their phone. It's an extension of their lives, and they try to make it all perfect as well. Mm. And they try to pretend and perform, but they get into habits of doing that. Again, it comes down to relationships where they're they're asked they they'll ask Google a question rather than asking their mum or dad. And it, and it does come back to that word relationship and, yep. and everything that's come out of this really seems to be part of it. that's the place that we really do need to start um, relationship rather than looking at some of the um, practicalities or the dogmatics or anything that goes with that. It's got to be a relationship and it's got to be a relationship between young people and, and God but also between uh, the people who are in the parish or, or the area of, mm-hmm. of reaching out and, and trying to be there. Um, so there's there's like a huge amount that's in here and we could kind of keep on going for uh, days and days and, and delving into the research. Is there any other thing that was in there that stood out for you that you think is vitally important? Um, I, I think lots of this... Um, I, I, what I'd want to say is yes, it's a it's a big piece of work, but lots of it is not rocket science. I've said that before. Lots of it is doing simple things well, and being intentional about that. Um, one of the things that I, I I want this to do is I would love us to speak well of each other in terms of what we see God doing um, across His church. That there is good things happening. So often it's easy to pick the holes and say, oh, that's really bad. But there's really good things that actually we need to champion and speak well of each other. The simple things in this as well that really encouraged me is um, uh, taking young people away on events or like pilgrimages, um, uh, youth weekends away, camps, residentials where they go away with other young people and um, um, again build those relationships of friendship but encounter God in those relationships. That is so key. So it, it was the big thing that came out along with the sort of spiritual guides. Um, so if we track a young person who's been on a pilgrimage with the Catholic Church and we track their experiences of how they engage with their faith afterwards, it's it's 
it's, it's a chicken and egg scenario. They, they went on the pilgrimage because they had a relationship that somebody asked them to go, probably, anyway. But actually, if they've been on those events or those experiences, they have a lasting legacy in their faith because they meet with God in a special way in those things often. And so as youth workers, as practitioners, as church leaders, we need to support those kind of activities where young people are away for a few days with other young people and they encounter and experience God in different ways, but that feeds into their faith. So that's a simple thing, but it's 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 so encouraging that that's easy to do. But do we really support those? Do we really get parents involved in those? Do we then let young people talk about the effects and the influence that has in their faith? Um, if it's just, again, for the sake of doing it, but I, I think whenever I used to um, read about the Jewish people all going on these festivals that they all had to go to and they saved up money, I thought, oh, they trudge along these festivals. No, they wanted to go because they seen what God was doing across the land. And the same with young people. They go to these things and they encounter young people of... Um, from across the world even if it's a if it's an international event or whatever and, and they're encouraged by their faith or they see God do something in another friend that encourages their own faith so that's so important in terms of our discipleship to do those things throughout the year which um, takes them out of their own little context and gives them a bigger picture of this global God who's at work in people's lives and that encourages them in their own parish life but then i think the key aspect to that is that it's brilliant when these things happen and it gives them an opportunity to see as you say the wider but it's how we feed them in from these mountaintop experiences from whether it's you know um quarterly or annually or whatever that they go on these things to then feed them back into a relationship and to normalize it that when they come back maybe they can you know give a little presentation you know at at the coffee after mass or even at the end of mass or something you know to to really help them to feel that this is normal and this is good and we as a parish support you in doing this and that the events are brilliant but they're not an end and of itself it's enough to fill them up so that they can then kind of overflow with it as they go too yeah very much it's it's not uh, you know we don't do this every week it is but it's building and they realize it's a it's a regular rhythm of what we do do um it's almost we retreat to advance or or whatever language you want to use but it is though what god does in those mountaintop experiences then we need to feed into the regular stuff so so whether it was increase life of prayer whatever whatever it is then well what was what happened at that experience that actually we can sort of disseminate down into a weekly rhythm of life or or a topic or an issue that was uh, spoke about or talked about that then we can follow up in our parish for a few weeks you know that kind of stuff it's it's using those events and whenever we see good youth ministry happen it's it's using those things in the in the normal weekly um, relationship stuff that then adds weight to what happens in the mountaintop experience for example so it's like oh I remember this but then we work it out deeper with our friends and our family that's so important I, I don't like big events for the sake of big events unless they actually filter into the the normal rhythm of following God so it has to be into that as well very good so if someone wanted to get their hands on this research it's I mean there's a lot that's in there but it's also pretty easy and and quick to get through so if someone wanted to get their hands on finding faith in Ireland what's the best way that they can do that yeah if they um, actually the best way at the minute just because of things aren't set up um, in terms of buying them online is is to contact me it would probably be the easiest and I, I will get them to them there is people who have them all around Ireland that I will get them to them so email is that probably the best so jasper.rutherford at ciy.com so j-a-s-p-e-r dot r-u-t-h-e-r-f-o-r-d and I will get you one and they're 
they are 10 pounds, 10 euros, sorry, um, or 25 for three. That's just to cover the cost of the printing. It did cost um, nearly a couple of hundred thousand euros to do this. Um, it's not to get any money back, but it's just to value the cost of the printing and the shipping and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's brilliant. There's a huge amount in there, and maybe we'll uh, come back and have another conversation another time. But thank you um, for the work that you've done. I think there's a huge amount that's in there for parishes uh, and the Catholic Church in Ireland. I do think that it's something that people really should take the time uh, to sit down and go through. So thank you uh, for what you did and for starting out. And thank you for your time today as well, Jasper. I appreciate it. Thank you. Privilege and a blessing. Thank you. Thank you.